are listening to the next report with your hosts Thomas Holbrook, the second and Stephen Kelly. And welcome to this episode of the Next Report Unix and Overlook Pop Culture. I'm Thomas Holbrook the second. And I am Stephen Kelly. Uh, one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode, um, honestly, um, <laughs> it's it's going to be split into two parts. <laughs> yeah, we started compiling a list for this topic, and there's really no way that we can uh, do this in, in a 30-minute thing. So we're <laughs> for the next two weeks, you're going to have a depressing, news-driven topic to listen to. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and the ironic part is it's a topic that, in some cases, news organizations don't want to cover because members of staff were kind of well trying to prevent themselves from going to prison so that's you know all kinds of fun yeah we, we, we decided to do this this uh, what 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 we're going to be talking about today is the upswing in institutional child sexual abuse today and we're talking about it because as you um, if, if you've listened to our show a couple weeks ago we briefly, mentioned a little bit of the Jimmy Savile case while we were talking about the Dragon Con um, incident. And it got us thinking about, you know, instead of just uh, single uh, offenders in situations like that, we kind of thought that it might be good to talk about situations where an institution or an organization of some kind actually has a problem with this and they go out of their way to cover it up. Pretty much, and... One, and it's just kind of a reminder that these things pop up in the most unexpected places. People, for the longest time, kept thinking, oh, well, that's just the Catholic Church pulling this stuff, or it's just this place or that place. And really, places that would normally seem to be a safe haven at first for kids, it turns out to be a problematic institution, too, so... This is this is a problem that permeates a lot of society at the moment. Well, and like with the, the way the media is, you would honestly think that you know there's like some kind of rampant uh, child molestation problem going on right now. And I, I I would venture to say that's not really the case. I think the media has shifted in such a way to where you know before you would hear about a situation like this, and it would always be. You know, the news, oh, it was that creepy guy down the street. I mean, we knew it was something going... It's, it's kind of like the, the recent case with the three young women that were kidnapped. You know, you watch the news and all the neighbors are standing around outside talking about him and everything. Um, that That's what normally happens, but what we're starting to find is that it has shifted to these cases where you have someone that happens to be in a large like company doing something like this, using their power, using their connections within the company to make it happen, and then there's a huge cover-up to protect themselves. Okay, so right now what's happening is, you know, it's it's not that it's not that there's it's just increasing or anything like that. It's um, a lot of media venues are catching up, seem to be playing catch-up regarding this topic, and what has been happening over the years is, uh, back in the day, kids were to be seen, not heard. Um, you hear the 
you know, working as child labor and everything else. This was before a lot of laws were passed. It's, and public schools, as much of a libertarian as I am in that regard, when you get more and more kids interacting, um, things were starting to change. You know, you were no longer having people being married off at a really young age and everything else. And you even you even uh, came upon a 1938 film. Yeah, there's a there's a like notoriously bad movie. I remember reading about it when uh you know how sometimes you go to Wikipedia and you'll start kind of just going through the endless tunnels of you know, you'll start out reading about philosophy and suddenly you're reading about Pokemon at the end of the night, you don't know where you got there. <laughs> um somehow I ended up finding like a list of like the wor- quote unquote worst movies ever made or something. And there's this 1938 exploitation movie called The Child Bride. And it's an exploitation movie of the worst sort. It's basically unwatchable. I remember reading that the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys were going to do it, and they literally were like, there's no way we can make anything out of this funny. And it's basically, it's kind of like, uh, like, have you seen that movie Reefer Madness? Um, I have heard of it, but have not seen it, honestly. It's, it's in the same vein as that. Reefer Madness was a movie where basically it, they had a, 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 they were trying to, turn people against marijuana and so they went out of their way to like make it really bad and demonize it it's so over the top that it's hilarious child brides kind of the same thing and it's about like a uh, like a some hillbillies for lack of a better word that you know one of them ends up marrying a 12 year old girl and it's basically just a cautionary tale um that movie pretty much got banned and it but it did kick up a bat uh, it did kind of start a discussion within the media you know why are we letting people marry little kids? You know, why are we letting this happen? And I think this uh, this whole thing has been a, a cultural shift. It's kind of like how um, in China, when women used to do foot binding, it literally took you know this it was, that was a thousand years oh, of yeah. cultural repression there, where you know people were kind of brainwashed into thinking yes, having three inch long feet is very beautiful, and you know I I I can't get a husband unless I have these horrible disfigured feet. Because they used to, you know, for people that don't know, they would bind their feet and break the toes and make them small. Um, it literally took, you know, Chairman Mao and the Communist Party coming in and saying, uh, no one likes how this looks, that looks ugly, um, stop doing that, and culture shifted. And I'm not saying that, that something like that should go down in this case, but it kind of questioning that, for the lack of a better word, and saying, you know, uh, is it really right to marry kids is kind of where this has shifted. You know, laws were passed, the age of consent was moved up, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the thing is, just kind of like this shift, it, history happens, basically, and things change. And right now, you know, you, you see the little jokes on Facebook, you cannot be in a relationship with your cousin. But this was America. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's kind of the reference that those memes are making to that sort of thing um, right now. And and this this is something, I, you know, I do have mixed feelings on because it's just like, it, it's very difficult for me to say it, but people are refer, referring to rape 
culture, and and you in our little outline you put denial of rape right in quotation marks, which I think is more appropriate because rape culture is, indicates that it's an acceptable practice, and that just kind of bothers me a little bit, but. Well, in some countries, it, it is acceptable. I mean, you look, we, we're not really going to touch on this a whole lot in this discussion. We're pretty much going to discuss America. But, like, sub-Saharan Africa, people are encouraged to rape kids and stuff. It is messed up over there. I think I was reading an article trying to do some research for this, and, like, in India, there's, like, a huge outbreak of this stuff. That might be a topic we... If we decided, uh, I mean, we don't want to continuously talk about this topic, but I mean, that, that's, <laughs> oh. that's something that, you know, we could always bring up at some oh, point. Oh, God, no. My brain cells would be just... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to my, shoot ourselves after. <laughs> my IQ would be dropping to practically nothing after this. Uh, so, you know, long story short, there's a problem with treating mentally ill. They don't seek help because they you know, ruin their lives. There's this stigma and everything else, and it eventually spirals out of control. And the culture's now, everybody's now starting to wake up and realize there's a real problem here. Yeah, because a lot of times I was I was reading a I was trying to find it for the show notes and I couldn't. But there was this Reddit post a long time ago, well, like like a year ago probably, where this guy it was one of those. Uh, those things where people have an anonymous account and this guy basically went on there and said, you know, I, I am a pedophile. I feel horrible. You know, if, if anyone finds out I'm going to kill myself, blah, blah, blah. And it was just messed up because the guy wanted help. Obviously he was reaching out to a forum of anonymous people, you know, well, more or less anonymous yet. He felt that if he went to get help, he would immediately get pretty much persecuted by everyone around him. And that really needs to change. I'm not saying that we need to be accepting of these kind of behaviors, but it, much like with other things, you know, we need to we need to stop being so aggressive. It's kind of like when people, you know, if if you want to call like alcoholism a disease, you don't you know yell at people and act like a jerk to people. This is a you know a comedy routine here, but it's like alcoholism is the only disease that you know you'll be like. If someone has mumps or something, you're not gonna be like, you know, screw you, you have mumps. But alcoholism, it's perfectly okay. It seems like a lot of those like kind of mental diseases like that, people just don't use any sort of compassion. They assume that the person needs to be, you know, torn down a notch rather than helped. And um, and I won't get into too much detail from this, but I'm kind of understanding where people are coming from when they don't seek that help and they don't get themselves put in these uh, institutions because you know I actually went into one where somebody I knew was having a nice stay let's just say having a nice stay for the weekend and I'm like I can see why unrelated to the topic at hand oh really well no no I'm saying like we're not the person you're talking about was not in this this situation because no, no, he was no, a pedophile just, or anything. He no, was, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The whole, no, no, no. It's the whole it's the whole why people don't seek help for a lot of stuff, yeah, including yeah. this. And I'm like, my goodness, I can see why people don't want to go in these places. It's not that they're horrible or anything else, but you're seeing through the eyes of another person. You realize they see this as a prison. 
I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Really wakes you up to the state of our mental health system. Like, like how much time are people in mental hospitals allowed to stay outside in the sun and, and everything else? And so... So, yeah, it's perfectly understandable why that happens. And it's just like, wow. It's kind of an eye-opening thing. So, we have some statistics from the National Child Abuse and Neglect Data System. And there is estimated 9.3% of confirmed or substantiated child abuse and neglect cases in 2005 involving sexual abuse. Um... U.S. Department of Health and Human Services 2007 has also done some research and there's basically 83,800 victims in 2005 alone. The study was conducted in 2007. Wow. And other studies are suggesting that even more suffer abuse and neglect than is ever reported to the appropriate people. So girls are more are more frequent victims, but number of boys is also pretty high up as well, apparently. So, this is, yeah, this is something that does not have a gender barrier to entry at all. It's the young age, in some cases, that it, it's just messed up. Well, and I think uh, we've compiled a list here of some notable cases of this, uh, you know, like I said, we're trying to go down on the institutionalized versions of this just to show where the problems lie. And we'll just come right out. And the, the most notable case of this is the Catholic Church. Um, I mean, um, let's face it, when you have men that are forcibly sexually repressed, you know, they take oaths of celibacy. That wasn't always the case. You look back in history and, you know, there were priests, Catholic priests that had, you know, families and wives, and, you know, they were even, at one point when they did have that kind of thing, there was even some sort of, like, weird, not really homosexual, but they were allowed to, like, cohabitate with another priest in order to, um, like, have a companion, but that, you know, that's not allowed now. So you have these people that, unfortunately, kind of will lash out, and unfortunately... Most of these cases involve the priests being in contact with young boys, or occasionally nuns, but for the most point, it's altar boys and such, or, you know, orphans. It's just, it, it's like having a big room full of gunpowder, and you stand in there with a match, something's going to happen. <laughs> um, 19, there was a prominent priest in the 50s who was in charge of treatment of wayward priests and they argued that offenders were unlikely to change and should not be returned to the ministry. And you remember Pope Benedict. Uh, he resigned over a lot of these allegations. And guess what? He, he was in charge of dealing with those cases. And instead of firing them, they were shifted to other places. Yeah, and that's always the... Especially with these cases lately you've been hearing about, it's always the most messed up thing, is you'll have someone that's notorious for, you know... People, you can't keep it hidden forever, and people, they'll, they'll be doing this, taking advantage of children, and instead of, you know, doing anything, they'll remove them from, you know, the, the place so that everyone there says, ooh, that, that corrupt priest is gone, but then they ship him to, you know, rural Alaska or something, and boom, they're there doing it again.
there's just no accountability for anything like this. And the problem is, is they kept it uh, internal. You know, people would very rarely report it to the police because you being within the Catholic Church, I used to be Catholic, and there's a lot of stuff where you don't, you know, people kind of, they don't want to get the church in trouble and stuff like that, so they'll just go out of their way to, you know, keep it hush-hush a little bit, or, you know, you could have the the rape denial culture we were talking about where they think, oh, you know, Cardinal so-and-so, he's nice, you know, my son must have been an idiot type of situation, and it's just, it's messed up. It's kind of scary, um, considering that there there were, you know, allegations concerning about three thousand priests dating back up to fifty years. Oh, that's just outrageous. Um, Cardinal Hans Hermann Greer, if I uh, maybe Greer G R O E with little dots over it and R. Uh, yeah, um, he was the head of. Church in Austria, Archbishop of Vienna. Seventy-eight percent is Catholic, and he used his position, and there were two thousand victims on this. And monks and ex-monks even told investigators that not only did this person um, molest them sexually, but create a state of spiritual dependency that required young men to worship him random sexual favors are based on exclusion from the hierarchy. So, <laughs> and, and ironically, how many of them have accused other groups, whether it be, you know, pagan-style groups or any other groups of being involved in all this sort of stuff, and it's just mind-boggling. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's one of the first things the Catholic Church... You know, and I'm not trying to be down on the Catholic Church, but historically, when the Orthodox Church previously would try to marginalize another group, whether it be a group they saw as heretics or something like that, one of the first things that they always did, and this even goes back, you know, thousands of years when, before the Church even existed, when it was like, when followers of Jesus were essentially a cult within the, the Jewish religion, one of the things that the Romans did all the time was say, well, we don't like them because they they, they are child molesters and stuff. Ha, ha, ha. You know? Because what better way to discredit someone immediately is to throw that out there. Oh, exactly. And religion, and unfortunately, religion's not the only one that, only place that uh, this happens. Oh, yeah. This, this was a bad one. This We touched on this a little bit last time. Uh, England has been going through a little bit of a media implosion, I guess you would say. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch recently got in trouble because the uh, uh, one of the, you know, he's the guy that runs Fox News and everything. He's an Australian man living in England. He uh, had this institutionalized uh, situation where he basically let corruption go completely rampant. And there was a, a paper that he ran called News News of the World where they were, uh, this little girl had died and someone within that news organization hacked her phone and then like paid off policemen to get all this information. Needless to say, that caused this huge media situation where people are saying, you know, they need to impose all these rules on the media. Not like a month later, the BBC 
pick the greatest time ever <laughs> to do this. Um, and that's the Jimmy, the Jimmy Savile case. Um, and for those who aren't aware, who is Jimmy Savile? He was a DBC presenter for many decades, hosted many shows like General Fix-It and Top of the Pops. Um, similar type of figure to, say, Dick, United States' own Dick Clark. Notable for fundraising, sponsor work charity, um, heart complications ended his life in 2011, but allegations of child abuse dated back to the 1960s. And because of his position, well, they were never pushed, they were never pushed to investigate it until early 2012. Yeah, BBC was supposed to. They had a they have a show called Newsnight, and they uh, they were supposed to run this program about um, his problems with these allegations because people knew about these allegations. They uh, the thing was is people would would bring it up in interviews. You know, oh, I hear you like little girls, Jimmy, or something. And he would say, you know, that's just people trying to run my name in the ground or something. And it would usually he was fairly charismatic despite looking like some kind of insane character from a Harry Potter movie or something <laughs> that people would just be like, Oh, you know, Jimmy's nice. He does charity. Well, what happened, uh, this program got made and they had interviewed a lot of people, but it was not aired, um, at all. It was completely shelved. Someone within the company was like, no, instead they quickly threw together a pro like a, a program talking about how great his life was and such. And they aired it. Not really in its place, but it was just kind of suspect that that went on instead. So, a few months later, um, well, in October, uh, a rival channel called ITV, BBC, if you don't know, is, is uh, ran, people actually pay to have a television in England. BBC's sort of like the PBS over here, except, you know, it's government-run. It's a, you know, so you, you, you have to pay for it, so it actually gets money, unlike PBS. Um... ITV, however, is a commercial station. ITV and BBC kind of have like a rivalry a little bit. ITV released a documentary called Exposure, The Other Side of Jimmy Savile, which uh, blew the whole thing open. And this was followed by a further show called Panorama, which is a BBC show. And Panorama is the, the notorious for like blowing stuff out of the water. They're the ones that, uh, can't, that expose Scientology. They're the, the show that... Like, they've done lots of stuff that had, you know, Geraldo would wish he could do over here, but he ends up opening empty rooms and making a big deal out of it. This show actually does the stuff. Panorama basically blew the lid off on this uh, thing and released that many high BBC officials knew about the abuse and kept it quiet. Um, even the head of Children in Need, one of the main uh, charities that Savile worked for had 10 years prior banned him from helping with the charity, but it was completely kept hush-hush. Um, this individual was trusted with keys, unsupervised access to patients, including mentally and physically disabled at some hospitals. Um, over 400 victims have come forward. Though, you know, this is some maybe, you know, bandwagoners, but many are legitimate. Some even said he was part of a group of child tourists, including Gary Glitter and other prominent people. And Gary Glitter, you know, he's the he he's the man that did the uh, 
if you ever went to a football game prior to him doing this, you would always hear that song that was like, da-da, da hey, da-da-da. That's Gary Glitter. All his music sort of sounded like that. The problem with him is he liked the little kids, and he got in a lot of trouble for that. He tried to even flee to, I think, the Philippines and got in trouble. It was Philippines or Vietnam, and he got in trouble there, too. And pretty much got ran out of the country. What's funny is Saville was very outspoken about defending Gary Glitter, quoted as saying, he just watched a few dodgy films and was only vilified because he was a celebrity. It were for his own gratification. Whether it was right or wrong, it's up to him as a person, but they didn't do anything wrong. Well, he did something wrong, and so did you, Mr. Saville. Uh, the Northwell's child abuse scandal um, was tied in. as one victim, Steve Mesham, made further allegations that there had been much wider circle of abusers, including businessmen, members of the police, senior politicians, um, and many more in the immediate area to London and beyond. Many resigned, including uh, Director General George Entwistle, because of all of these things. So it, it's just... Yeah, and Entwistle wasn't even the, the Director General for more than like a few months before he resigned. It was kind of crazy. He had taken over in July and if the basically his entire directorship was marred by this horrible scandal and for for those who are like going okay well the UK is a strange place anyway um, England's really weird um, something like that would never happen in this country right wrong um, believe it or not in the 19 late 1980s it started out as, hey, money went missing at some credit union in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, it was raided in 1988 by federal officials. Chief, you know, mysteriously, chief investigator dies 19 months later. So Franklin Committee comes together, and state former state senator John DeCamp kept saying, these other stories that are coming out of this are fantastic. Look. I'll be the first to investigate if something credible comes forward. He gets a letter from some guy in prison saying, Hey, uh, kids really were abused. I was one of them. And he goes to him and says, Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, he takes forensics experts and everything else, making sure that this guy was not making everything up. He was apparently raised to religiously write a diary every day, so intimate details came out. Now this, the individual in question was a rising star in the GOP at the time. Uh, not to be confused with the person that got famous on CNN for a late night show, but this is a different Larry King, African American who was a rising star in the GOP at, at those conventions. He had opened the GOP while George Herbert Walker Bush was running for president but by singing the national anthem. Well, it turns out he was, you know, running this credit union in Omaha, Nebraska. Money went missing, and all of a sudden, stories of child sex rings were popping up all over the place after that. <laughs> and yeah. the camp DeCamp actually investigated. He was basically hired to whitewash it, and he did the exact opposite. 
and one of the the local newspapers, Omaha World Herald, basically attacked him. Um, I think one one of the editors, the main editor, can't remember off the top of my head, actually wound up going to prison. So he got convicted of perjury, didn't he? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, if you do search long enough, you will find a transcript of an interview. Granted, it's from Prison Planet, but if you don't want to necessarily buy the book about the Franklin cover-up, um, it does give you an idea of kind of what happened. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. Like it's, uh, We could honestly talk about it on its own thing, all the stuff it ties into. Yeah. I mean, there was even descriptions of a certain private Redwood Grove in in California, which, uh, I'll drop a hint, they're talking about Bohemian Grove, um, play, private Redwood Grove in Sonoma County, California, where just, just strange things happen, and a bunch of big wigs, media, media people, politicians, celebrities show up there, Pretty much all male, by the way. Yeah. And I think they've only ever had three female members in the, that club. Yeah. Uh, Richard Nixon did not have kind words for it. He didn't care for it. But uh, one, one of the guys that does a voice on The Simpsons, uh, the guy that does like Principal Skinner and stuff, I guess went there once and turned around and made a movie making fun of it because the the faux pagan imagery that they do all these weird like uh, things there. Um, that basically it's alluded to being basically like a sex club when it comes down to it. Cause let's face it, when you get a bunch of rich people all together like that, and they're, they're unsupervised to, and uh, told, Hey, just have fun for three weeks. Weird crap's going to happen. It's kind of like what used to go down with the hellfire club <laughs> and you know, stuff's going to happen. So you got all these allegations coming out of that. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of a, uh, sex ring going on in there, but the the whole whole scandal went all the way up to highest echelons of the GOP. I think nineteen eighty eight was the exact same year that Ron Paul was trying to run for president as a libertarian instead. If memory serves, was it eighty eight? I believe so. So you know now now people might be getting a fuller picture regarding this. <laughs> Well, we're going to go into our next case here, um, the m more recent Penn State scandal. Um, if you recall, uh, Jerry Sandusky, he was the um, the assistant coach for a man named Joe Paterno, and he uh, gained a lot of notoriety in, you know, wrote books and taught seminars about coaching, and he was very well respected for that. Um, after he retired, he even ran a football camp through a charity called Second Mile. It was a group that helped foster children, uh, you know, because a lot of times foster kids come from broken homes and stuff like that. Well, in 2008, allegations surfaced that he had abused kids. And, you know, pretty crazy that he had all that all that uh, contact with a bunch of foster kids that may not have parents. <laughs> um Apparently Sandusky had a strategy to cull vulnerable boys at these camps, and he purposefully targeted kids that didn't have a father figure at home, apparently. And he would use child grooming tactics and acted as their father figure. And he would basically, like, 
compliment them and exchange, you know, tips and stuff for his gropings. Um, child grooming is a term that refers to, you know, deliberately things that you do deliberately with the aim of befriending and establishing an emotional connection with the child. That way you can lower their inhibition and, you know, go from there. So it's just kind of messed up, you know? Um, 2011, this guy was indicted for 40 counts of this. Uh, deliberately undertaken with the aim of, you know, befriending, establishing all that good stuff. And exploitation is a result of it. Mike McQuarrie, uh, then a grad student, accidentally walked in on this guy do- raping a 10-year-old boy. He told this to head coach Turno, who relayed it to his superior, who did not report this to the police. So Paterno appeared to have been trying to do the right thing. Yeah, the problem was is the athletic director and the other people involved did not. <laughs> um, so Paterno cannot necessarily be faulted, at least on that front. He honestly should have gone to the police over this himself, but I guess there was too much trust in higher-ups. And Penn State has been subject of a lot of media criticism because several members of its staff, from the president of that university down to a graduate assistant, covered up all of these things. So, in short, there's a few factors in all this. Person and power using power over another, possibly for implied gain, um, cover-up by institutions as to not bring shame or to protect money, etc. Uh, predator using good things like charity to mask evil, possibly trying to repent. And that's the um, that's one of the big issues at hand is all these three factors that and everything else. So, I mean, like, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, personally, I don't see how these giant organizations can cover this kind of stuff up. I mean, they have, it kind of reminds me of recently, and I think I even mentioned this in like a couple weeks ago, but I'll bring it up again. It kind of reminds me of that, that recent case where that young girl was raped by that football team in that rural, uh, that rural town, a high school football team, basically. And, you know, they recorded videos of her, they posted stuff on Twitter saying, you know, oh, I saw a dead body today and crap like that. And they oh. basically, you got the idea that they had taken this girl who was unconscious and just used her completely and dumped her. They, they dumped her outside and stuff. And when it came, the, you know, news is kind of sketchy because everyone involved are minors. But when news came out, that entire town, because of how much they are into their high school football, hit it. All the people that were trying, there was a, 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 a writer that was trying to blow it open. She actually spent a bunch of time, like, on Twitter, finding these boys' accounts. That way she could expose it. She was getting death threats by their parents yeah. and, like, the school. And, you know, the, the poor girl was getting called a slut at school and stuff like that. It's, just, it's ridiculous that, like, people can get, just to protect their precious football team, they let this happen. And so, you know, you take that kind of mentality with these other cases, and what do you have? You have Penn State. They're trying to protect the football team. Catholic Church is trying to protect, 
you know, the standing of the church and they don't want to look like it's fallible at all. You've got, you know, Jimmy Saville was famous for being a charitable worker and you want to protect him because he, you know, he might be posthumously knighted or something. All these people, they, they, they basically take these kids and say, well, you're not as important as this important person or thing. And it's just, it blows my mind. And, 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 <laughs> One of the things that I noticed is there are sometimes two where kind of it this emotional outrage just happens to to the point where when somebody's covering when CNN actually talks about it, oh well they're helping rape culture and I'm looking at the person person that one of the people that's being sentenced by the judge and I'm like uh. No, they're humiliating the hell out of them at this point by saying it is a shame they had a great future ahead of them and they screwed up badly. Yeah, and and that's and that's the issue again. And this whole hysteria over well, and this is why I have a problem of people saying we've got a rape culture in this country. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, it's nonsense like that that actually does cause people not to really talk about this stuff and it causes us to you know have all these witch hunts and everything else speaking of which next week that's our topic basically we're going to be discussing you know this week we discussed the problems with this kind of mentality next week we're going to look at the other side of the spectrum what happens if the media gets a hold of one of these cases and they go crazy with it Pretty much. But we're at time now. Um, actually ran over <laughs> what we normally do quite a bit. So, um, um, yeah. <laughs> I, but in this case, this is a very, very important topic to kind of talk about from a perspective that uh, may not have been talked about. So remember to entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. Um, after next week's episode, we're going to do just do something fun. In all seriousness, because we'll talk about My Little Pony and kittens for ten weeks. Not really. I'm joking. <laughs> maybe, maybe something else. Because that's just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, we'll get through this. I promise. But next week, we're gonna go after the witch hunters. Mm-hmm. Well. My name's Stephen Kelly. I'm Thomas Holbrook II. Um, follow us at The Next Report on Twitter. We are on thenextreport.com. Um, we are on YouTube as well, where I have a nice little video log. Nice. Um, Next TV, N-I-X-E-D-T-V. Um, we're on Tumblr. If you go to thenextreport.com, we have a little nice little social media navigation bar near the top of the site that'll kind of point you to where we're at. We are everywhere. Unlike Anonymous, we truly are <laughs> everywhere. But not in a creepy way. Rest no, assured. No. We're not like Sting in that police song. Or the stalker song. You know. <laughs> we're not watching you whatever you do, whatever breath you take. Because honestly, we would die of boredom in many cases. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, next week, witch hunt, well, we look at that. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to The Next Report with your hosts Thomas Holbrook II and Stephen Kelly. Our intro music is from J.T. Bruce. It's called Plunge into Hyperreality, and it's from the album Dreamer's Paradox, available for free at jamendo.com. Any news clips used are utilized under fair use, and please feel free to visit us at thenextreport.com where you can leave feedback and see show notes. Thank you.